following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. That's one way of starting it. Who we got playing, Tom? This is Herbert Alpert. And uh, I'll tell you a story. Oh, no, don't turn him down. Uh, When I was probably eight, nine years old, my next-door neighbor and I used to take the bus from Summit Drive on Saturday mornings down to uh, Barney Miller's and the main record store, and we would buy Herb Alpert 45s. Uh, this is back when he was with the Tijuana Block Brass. So uh, I've been a Herb Alpert fan for 50 years. That's called Rise. That's a recent, uh, well, within the last 25 years. That's recent. Yeah. He's been around for a long time. Here's my psalm for today. Bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. It's Psalm 86, if I didn't say that. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great, and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy towards me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, And the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. 
But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, hast holpen me and comforted me. Psalm 86, King James Version. A lot going on in the news, but I want to address something before I get into my stories. Um, There has been a push. I don't know how big a push, but something of a push to rename Rupp Arena uh, because of the uh, idea that uh, Coach Rupp was a racist. I just want to relate an instance of uh, an experience I had. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. It was at Memorial Coliseum, which was the predecessor to Rupp Arena. Uh, Kentucky was playing somebody. I don't know how I got in the game because my dad didn't have tickets. I may have gotten some student tickets or something. I was very young. And I think I was there by myself. Anyhow, um, two black young fellows from the basketball team, I'm sorry, from the football team, walked on to the basketball team. Uh, one of them's name was Daryl Bishop, and the other one, I believe, was Elmore Stevens. This this might have even been late 60s. Kentucky had never had a basketball black basketball player. Coach Rupp allowed these young men to walk on, and when he put them in the game, there was an eruption of booze. From the crowd, uh, you talk about racism. I've seen it up close and personal. I was astounded at the behavior of of many of these um, Kentucky basketball fans. I mean, the stadium was full of uh, the place was full of booze. Apparently, they said down in the Southeastern Conference that when the team went on the road, that it was even worse than it was Well, these guys never made it to the road. Daryl Bishop came in, scored 21 points, had like 10 rebounds off the bench. Um, Stevens, I don't know what he had in that game. And the next day, they said, Coach – we're not. We're, we're going to stick to football. This is. I'm not going to put up with this kind of abuse. But Coach Rupp tried to integrate the Kentucky program before Kentucky fans were ready for it to be integrated. Anybody that says that that Coach was a racist just doesn't know their history. They don't know. They're just jumping on a bandwagon, and they're trying to be kind of a me-too sort of thing, and it's just not true. 
I'll tell you another thing. Dick Gabriel, uh, and I have not seen it. I've read about the accounts on actually on Dick Gabriel's Facebook page. Um, and I believe he said that until 2005, he believed that Coach Rupp was not necessarily in favor of blacks the way that he was. But he did a documentary, and it um, it went over the history and, and talking to different black players that interacted with Coach Rupp. And I don't know how the message has gotten so off Well, message. there was that road that – or road. I think the, the road was in the name of the movie, Glory Road or something. It was a, a movie about Rupp uh, coaching in the – was it the either 66 NCAA finals where it was all white versus all black. And they uh, – I don't know who played Rupp, maybe John Voigt. Uh, but they portrayed him as a racist in that movie, and and people have uh, bought into that. Bought into it. Well, anybody that wants to to look it up, look Dick Google Dick Gabriel and Adolf Rupp, and you'll probably find the link to watch this particular account. It's very educational, very informative, and um, I wish more people knew about it so that they would know the real story about yeah. Adolf Rupp. I'm going to use some stories about religious persecution. Uh, not not really many, just one here, which I think is a big thing that goes on in our world that we don't ever hear about in the mainstream news. This is from Morningstar News, Southern India, Hyderabad, India. Christians in India returned to village where followers, followers of tribal religion attacked them. And by the way, um, if you listen to this show, you may recall that we had uh, as a guest David Curry of Open Doors USA. And uh, they help persecuted religious minorities all over the world. And uh, David and his group have initiated a day of prayer and fasting for people in India today, which is Friday. You're, I'm, I'm recording this on Friday. You'll hear it on Saturday. But um, because of the COVID-19 crisis, many of the uh, Indian uh, religious minorities, including Christians, have found themselves uh, unable to – um, employment and to have food. So many of them are literally starving uh, because of uh, what's the per, the discrimination that's occurred under the COVID crisis in, in India. Uh, a Christian couple and their children were asleep in their beds in central India at 11 p.m. recently when villagers who follow the local tribal religion broke into their home and began beating them with wooden batons. They ran into the wilderness to hide while the assailants vandalized their belongings, throwing away the food grains in their home, Pastor Ramdar Keshap told Morningstar News. The mob of 15 furious villagers went on to beat Christians Chenna Markham and Yoga Kunjam and their families 
along with an unidentified elderly Christian woman driving them from their homes. The three families, including their children and the elderly sister, a total of 14 injured Christians, fled from, fled from Devkupli Para in different directions, fearing for their lives. They journeyed about two miles on foot before reaching his church premises in Birdie Village at about 3 a.m. They were bleeding. I called the ambulance service and took them to the hospital. Though villagers had persecuted the Christians for months, they attacked that night because the Christians had refused to celebrate the tribal deities. In May, before the monsoon arrives, the tribal villages drink, eat, feast, and drink, and worship the tribal deities. Christians do not partake of these rit- rituals, Pastor Keshop said. Such an event took place in the village in the day hours of May 20th, they were feasting at a tribal villager's house near the Christian's home. Infuriated by the Christian's refusal to join them in the celebration, they attacked them that night. Restrictions to limit the spread of COVID-19 leave Christians especially vulnerable, he said. During the curfew hours, especially in the nights, nobody from the outside can enter the village. The current situation in this area is as if Christians are caged in their villages. Neither can they flee for safety, nor can anyone reach out to help them. The Christians received treatment at the Sukma District Hospital for a week. The pastor encouraged them to report the assailants to the police, but initially they were reluctant. They were very scared. They told me that the assailants had threatened they would be killed if the matter is reported at the police station. Eventually, the police took the statements of the injured and assured them that they would file their cases. On May 21, officers at the Sukma police station summoned the assailants but seemed biased in favor of them. They said, why are you willing to commit only half murder? If you really want to kill, close the chapter fully. So they find that their their government is actually against them. So it goes on here. And basically it says that they return to the village on July 13th, but they are traumatized and shunned. They've returned to working in the fields, Pastor Keshop said. They can survive this year only by raising a crop in this season. See, this is why David uh, Curry has organized this uh, day of prayer and fasting for people in India. And... It's a terrible human rights tragedy, Um, and there needs to be done more to call attention to it, and David and his group are doing that. It's just... You want to plug the website again? Yeah, it's opendoorsusa.org. O-P-E-N-D-O-O-R-S dot org. No, no opendoorsusa.org. USA. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. You can just Google Open Doors USA. Anyway, um, 
they serve people around the world. And, you know, if I don't, I'm saying it because I can. You know, I, I can I can talk about something like that. Most news outlets wouldn't be able to cover a story like that. They, they can't talk about it. They're just not allowed to. Their editors wouldn't let them. But we can. And if we can make a difference, somebody gave money or prayed for people over there. Well, and the great thing nowadays about um, about social media, as long as YouTube or Facebook don't take down your post, as they have been known to do if something doesn't um, appeal to their sense of appropriateness, and that includes if you're going against things that they they don't admit they they tout but they do um i actually open doors that has been popping up on my facebook um as a as a post um and if we can plug them just one more time and then some of our listeners plug them they you know you don't know where attraction can can take place full disclosure we have given them some money we believe in to support what, what, their cause that's right we we would we would love if if any listeners would look into it and if their hearts led them to do so to do so as well speaking of fasting and praying uh louisiana governor fasts and prays for three days over covid19 governor john bell edwards of louisiana called on residents to fast and pray for three days from July 20th to July 22nd to end COVID-19 as reported by the Christian Post. The Catholic Democratic governor shared his intention to pray and refrain from lunchtime eating at a press conference last week. Spiritual leaders from around the state asked Edwards to join them as a spiritual diet and exercise. We will be praying for the people of Louisiana, praying for those who are sick, praying for those who care for those who are sick and certainly praying for the families of those who have passed away. He also acknowledged that the request was a little bit unusual, but very important anyway, according to Fox News. Both Republicans and Democrats have put aside their differences and applauded Edwards. Sincere salute to Democrat Louisiana John Bell Edwards, who has called for three days of prayer and fasting next week for the COVID-19 crisis tweeted former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. Archbishop Gregory Amond of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of New Orleans also encouraged fasting, stating that God hears our prayers and we must cooperate with him in doing our part to make certain we do not spread the virus. COVID-19 has killed over 3,500 people in the bio state with a little over 90,000 tested positive. According to the New York Times, Louisiana ranks the 12th highest number of cases and 11th in the number of deaths across the country. Over 60,000 patients have recovered. Edwards mandated last week that all residents must wear masks, which has sparked controversy with the state's attorney general who believes the mandate is unconstitutional. 
as the virus continues its destructive path around the world, Malawi's new president, Lazarus Chakwera, also called on his citizens to pray and fast. Chakwera is a former pastor and Assemblies of God president. So it's interesting that you're finally seeing somebody in the public arena in government who acknowledges God. You know, if you believe that God allows these things to happen to basically turn our country back to him, you know, to, 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 he doesn't cause it, but he allows it to happen. There's, there's somebody that's actually doing something and uh, in the public arena that's trying to get his people to turn to God. It is refreshing, and the sad thing is it's a departure from the norm instead of the norm. But maybe some of this will help us get back to that. You know what? It's time to go to a break. We've already finished our first half of the hour. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, coming to you from our studios at Dupree Financial Group on Main Street in Lexington. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This summer. You guys ready for staycations? Think you're not going anywhere? Wrong. The world is calling. California, Seattle, Texas, New New York, York, China, Washington, Mexico. And we'll take you there at the top end 30 minutes past the hour. So many shootings. The violence. Without our police. Reopening the economy. Cases continue to spike. Kids back to school. Hopefully a vaccine. On air, online, 24-7. Your free round-trip ticket. The world is changing. Is News Radio 630 WLAP. We live in uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show, Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. Every year, our iHeartRadio Music Festival brings you legendary performances and once-in-a-lifetime collaborations. Wow. For our 10th anniversary this year, we've assembled the biggest names from all genres of music for an event that will go down in history. BTS, Coldplay, Kane Brown, Keith Urban, Migos, Miley Cyrus, Thomas Rhett, Usher, and more. Friday and Saturday, September 18th and 19th. Stream free on the CW app and CWTV.com and listen on iHeartRadio. Are you on the hunt for a new job? Head on over to WLAP.com and check out the iHeart Virtual Community Job Fair presented by GE Appliances. Don't miss the opportunity to reach local employers hiring right now without having to leave your home. Find jobs right now at WLAP.com. With delivery from Long John Silver's, you can turn any moment into a treasured moment. Choose from variety platters with fish, chicken, shrimp, or grilled salmon. Visit LongJohnSilver's.com to find delivery near you. Long John Silver's. Fish, yeah. Pricing and participation may vary. 
As we get back on the road and traffic increases, the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety is reminding you that law enforcement will be out this summer during the Blue Lights Across the Bluegrass campaign. The goal is not to write tickets, but to save lives. So do your part. Make smart choices each and every time you get behind the wheel. Obey the speed limit, drive sober, buckle up, and put your phone down. Spare yourself a ticket and possibly a life. Be safe this summer, Kentucky. This is the Kentucky News Network. Several different groups will reportedly demonstrate in Louisville today as there will be a continued call for justice in the death of Breonna Taylor, and counter-protesters will be on hand as well. Mayor Greg Fisher is asking for all groups to keep the peace. Uh, LMPD is well situated to take care of what's going to happen this weekend and just encourage everybody to uh, do their part. If they're planning to come to a protest, be peaceful. One group, the Not Effing Around Coalition, a black armed militia, plans to march peacefully. Their leader wants to speak directly to Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who was in charge of the investigation into Taylor's death. Only one of the three officers involved in Taylor's death has been fired from the Louisville Metro Police Department. None have been charged. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir on Friday afternoon announcing 797 new coronavirus cases, which he said is the second highest ever reported in the state, along with seven new deaths. I'm Sean Gallagher. This is the Kentucky News Network. Final weekend of July is off and running on a seasonally summery note out there. Temperatures into the upper 80s to around 90 with a small chance for an isolated shower thunderstorm. That same forecast is going to play it out again on Sunday. Again, near 90 degrees for a high, near 90 with a cold front diving into town late Monday with an increase in thunderstorms. It'll get better for temperatures middle of next week. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station iHeartRadio's new podcast, Forgotten, Women of Juarez, investigates a series of murdered women that have haunted the U.S.-Mexico border for almost 30 years. The crimes suggest a wider conspiracy. The fact that a lawyer is murdered in such a public way or call it an execution indicates that we're talking about something very big behind these murders. Dive into the mystery and listen to Forgotten, Women of Juarez on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for fast, easy, and secure electronic banking? Community Trust Bank has a wide variety of banking services to meet your needs, including internet banking, bill pay, and mobile banking. We now have even more great services like Apple Pay and Google Pay. Make payments directly from your smartphone. And People Pay, a fast, easy, secure way to send and receive money from your smartphone. Visit us at ctbi.com or stop by one of our 79 branch offices. Community Trust Bank, building communities built on trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Everyone is talking about David Horowitz's new book, Blitz. It's a number one Amazon bestseller and just hit the New York Times bestseller list. Blitz reveals the truth about Trump. Don Jr. and Mike Huckabee say you need to get Blitz. And follow David Horowitz every night on Newsmax TV, America's fastest growing cable TV channel. Get the new bestseller, Blitz, at bookstores or get the free offer and save $28. Call 800-NEWSMAX or go to Blitz411.com. That's Blitz411.com. Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401k and 403b plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful 
because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options, and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Here's a little more Herb Alpert. This guy. This guy's in love. This one. I don't know when this came out. Yes, I back in, in the seventies. Who looks at you the way I do when you smile? I can tell we know each other very well. How can all right? Leave it on. I like this play. I got to know you I've heard some talk. Okay. Let's see. More than 70% of churches. I'm getting these stories from a thing called Christian Headlines. Um, More than 70% of churches are meeting again, and most practice social distancing. Most Protestant churches in the United States have returned to in-person services. And most are also practicing social distancing by closing off certain seats to battle the coronavirus pandemic, according to a new LifeWay research survey. More than 70% of Protestant churches met in person in July, a stark contrast to April when only 10% met. The survey of uh, Protestant pastors shows that 71% of churches met July 19th, 73% met July 12th, and 70% met July 5th. Meanwhile, churches are taking extra precautions to stop the spread of the virus. For example, 94% are providing hand sanitizer, masks, or gloves to those needing it, 86% are conducting additional cleaning of surfaces. 76% are closing seats to increase distance between people and to practice social distancing. 59% recommend masks. About a third are requiring them. Although most churches did not meet in May, a majority, 55%, said they met the first weekend in June. Still, 21% of pastors say they have not met since the pandemic started. One-fifth of churches have offered drive-in services during the pandemic, according to the study. Resuming in-person worship services has not been reverting to worship as usual, says Scott McConnell, executive director at LifeWay Research. Churches are making efforts to make the environment safe, 
But these efforts are often second-guessed by those who either want more precautions or less restrictions. Although most churches are meeting in person again, only 29% are holding in-person Bible studies. Only 13% are holding children's activities. Maintaining social distance and necessary sanitation is very difficult with younger ages. To complicate things further, some of the volunteers who normally work with kids and students are in higher-risk groups who are not ready to return anytime soon. That's pretty interesting. I didn't realize it was that high. What, the church is meeting? Yeah, 71%. Yeah, it's. uh, I think it's probably in different parts of the country where there's a higher instance of their meeting and other areas are still more conservative, but that number surprised me too. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, what do you think the number is in Lexington at this point? I don't know, but it's probably not that high would be my guess. And the children's service things, not meeting is kind of in keeping with what we're hearing about the Fayette County public schools as well, that yeah. they feel that the, I feel for the children right now. It's hard on them. And I really feel for them. I think it has the biggest effect on um, children and older people. Yeah. Uh, as far as their their mental outlook. Yeah. Um, and and especially elementary school aides, they just don't understand. No. It's hard to explain it to them, and that the social interaction is so important to their development. It is. But the um, the CDC also weren't they the body that released that they really thought that children needed to to be back in school? Yeah, one of them did. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was the CDC, but I'm not for certain. Fayette County said they're only going to do distance learning at first. I just, I disagree with that. I, I think you've got to figure out a way to make it happen and, and do it. Some of the classrooms, and we're getting off the church thing, but it's still about children. Um, some of the, I, I saw something on um, the internet somewhere where they were using and I can't remember what, the, it was a low price tag to build with PVC pipe to use shower curtain from the Dollar Tree and have, you know, the desk divided so that they could still be in the classroom. Yeah. Um, I certainly understand uh, teachers. I just feel for these little children. Well, I, I understand the teacher reservation. Uh, I do too. If, if, especially if they're in a, a higher age group, because yeah. kids have always been little germ carriers. Yeah, I mean, they are. They they just are, and they. Well, um, I talked to somebody, uh, my old trainer that I used to go to, whose kids were young and they were just always sick, and he swears they all had it back in February. He thinks his family had it, and they they're in Lexington or uh, in Kentucky, Nicholasville. But yeah. anyway, um, you know, it was just it was just another one of those bugs that his kids get that they got and uh i've talked to you know our friends in mississippi they said they had something back in february or march or something they didn't just say they were tested for the antibodies and they had the antibodies yeah but they said they they you know um know that they had some kind of a flu-like thing and it passed pretty quickly. Yeah, and um, your buddy actually, he's a, a card-carrying COVID. <laughs> he's got yeah. a card 
because he goes and gives, is it plasma? He goes and donates plasma to treat, you know, other COVID it, patients. And they gave him a card saying that he that was, was uh, that he'd had COVID and that he was a donor, a plasma donor. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting when we look back, God willing, um, at all of this, and it is in the history books, what the account will be, what the account will read, whether it will read, it was well-managed, lives were saved, people didn't overreact, or they're going to say it was no greater risk than driving down the road and knowing that 40,000 people die in car accidents every year, but you take a calculated risk to get out and drive in your car knowing. That's exactly that, the argument that some smart people basically have about all this lockdown stuff. Well, and, and you know when you, you leave your house, there is a chance, you know, because 40,000 people a year die in car accidents. But you take you think that that risk is low enough that it's worth you driving your car. You don't wherever. think it'll be you. Well, and that's and that's the the downside of it. But you also are given the right to choose whether you want to drive your car or exactly. not. Exactly. And that's that's the. But it would the history account. Even five years from now, ten years from now, is going to be really interesting to. To see. I hope we're around to see it. I'm counting on it. Is God necessary to, Sari, to be moral? Citizens of wealthy countries like the U.S. say no. This is uh, by Michael Faust. Citizens of wealthy countries are the least likely in the world to say belief in God is necessary to have good morals and values, according to a new Pew Research Center study. The survey released Monday asked 38,426 people in 34 countries, their beliefs about religion, God, and morality. Among the findings, citizens of countries with the highest GDP per person are less likely to agree that it is necessary to believe in God in order to be moral and have good values. The U.S., the United Kingdom, Canada, Sweden, and other Western countries were in this group. Citizens of poorer countries with lower gross domestic product per person are more likely to say belief in God is necessary to be moral and have good values. Kenya, Nigeria, Brazil, the Philippines, and Indonesia were some of the countries in this group. Pew said there was a strong correlation between GDP and beliefs on the issue. For example, in Kenya, which has the lowest GDP per capita of all the 34 nations included in this analysis, 95% of respondents express the view that belief in God is integral to being moral. By contrast, only 9% of respondents in Sweden, which has one of the highest GDP per capita of the nations surveyed, say belief in God is necessary to be moral. Uh, the study's findings reflected Jesus' warnings about riches, even if every country with the lowest GDP per person wasn't predominantly Christian. In the United States, only 44% say belief in God is necessary to be moral, 
and have good values. Meanwhile, high percentages of sentenced citizens in Indonesia, the Philippines, Kenya, Nigeria, and Brazil say belief in God is necessary to be moral and have good values. What do you make of that? I'm scratching my head. I do do think that people in wealthier countries tend to be more self-sufficient and less spiritual in a in a traditional sense well and i i definitely think there's a link between having strong faith and um accountability to yourself when you make decisions um there's a, a certain conscience level conscience level um, when you when you have a strong belief, and it's in late usually laid in the foundation of households. Mm-hmm. I don't get to take a look a lot of times to take a look at these articles that Tom discusses to give it thought, and he catches me on the fly in between taking show notes and running this board, and watching the clock, and, and then he'll come to me with, and so. Ten minutes from now, I might have um, more insight. Well, I got another one for you. So now you're on to the next one. Yeah, well, well, I'll say about that article. I do believe that people in wealthier countries tend to be more self-sufficient and more materialistic. And by materialistic, what I mean, I don't necessarily mean they're they're necessarily greedy for things, but materialism means that you tend to believe more in what you can see, feel, and touch. In other words, less spiritual. Some of these other countries, they tend to not have very much in terms of uh, material goods. So life is more spiritual in those I'm, countries. I completely missed the point. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying now. But, you know, in the Bible it says that you're more a rich man. What is it about going through the eye of a camel, eye of a needle? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. And so that, in a sense... Is it a, doesn't say it's impossible. No. But it's hard. And and there's some teaching around that that said that there was a place, I don't know, in Jerusalem or somewhere where the, the camel had to bow to go through that passageway. And the rich man has to bow to go through that place. And most People that are wealthy don't want to bow the knee to God or anybody else. It's it's. I don't know if they don't want to. They don't have as great a need to for their for their basic well, that, needs. But then sometimes their their material state fattens their ego. Where Perhaps, they, but that's where it's sometimes where. All right, let me get to this one. Okay. Well, I want to say one more thing. That's where giving 
comes into play too when when there are means sometimes when you give away you can exercise your faith that way absolutely economists this is Minton Quintanilla Christian headlines economists dispels the idea that Jesus was a socialist author and economist Lawrence Reed addressed the notion that Jesus was a socialist while offering some insight on why people are so drawn to socialism today. According to Faithwire, on Tuesday, Reed told Eric Metaxas, a conservative Christian author and the host of the Eric Metaxas show, that Jesus was neither a socialist nor a capitalist. He argued that both terms arose some 1,800 years after his crucifixion, and either one would limit him to but a fraction of who he was and what he had to say. Then he explained, but I do say there's nothing in the teaching of Jesus that is compatible with the ethics or the economics of socialism. He was a defender of things like personal choice, private property, free exchange. He continued, he was interested in what's in your heart, not how you vote. He never once, I think he would be interested in how you vote uh, these days. He never once advocated any of the things we associate with modern socialism. Reed went on to offer some insight on why young people today are so drawn to socialism, despite not knowing what the term ultimately entails. What entails is slavery. There are a lot of young people who come out of high school and college these days who've been told by their teachers that socialism is nothing more than wanting to help people when, of course, you can You can do that under capitalism also, Reed said before adding that socialism is ultimately about power as it requires the use of force to meet its needs. When you dig a little deeper, you discover that socialism is not voluntary. It is the use of force to accomplish certain objectives, and Jesus never advocated any such thing, he asserted. Reed also quoted Soviet Union Mikhail Gorbachev, who boldly claimed Jesus was the first socialist because he was the first to seek a better life for mankind. Well, the economist said, if that's all a socialist is, then just about everybody must be one. But, of course, that's not what it's all about. And the case that socialism rests upon force is one that we just have to make more strongly to convince people because they're utterly unaware of it, thanks to academia. Additionally, a 2019 survey states that over 70% of millennials would be more likely to vote for a socialist candidate. They don't know the difference. They don't know what the difference is. They got no idea how it's worked out in many of these socialist states where it's failed completely. With California being one of them. <laughs> yeah. Big one. Um, well, I'm talking about places outside the U.S., but, but yeah, California is. California is a good example of a socialist state in the U.S. that is in terrible financial state. Their taxes are so bad that people are talking about moving just over the border. I have a friend who's talking about doing that, um, has for the last six months. But it's uh, socialism. Bad deal. It, it's it's not really a good deal for anybody. And often the ones that are most 
that advocate it the most, it would probably serve them the least. I, I don't get it. I don't either. But um, there are a lot of deceptions out there, and uh, and that's certainly one of them. Well, and, and to get into to real tall weeds, the Black Lives Matter situation, or the movement, that movement is somewhat misrepresented as well. That's right. There are a lot of underpinning things that, sure, we we want we, persecution of blacks. We talked about that at the beginning of the hour. It's wrong. I've seen racism. It's I've wrong. I've seen it. A lot of these people haven't seen racism up front and close. I mean, it's perceived racism that they say they see, but I saw it happen. When it was a lot more exaggerated. And, and institutionalized. Right, than it is now. The way people believed back then. Yeah, but anyway, just look at look into the background of movements before you buy in. Really study them, because you have to dig beneath the surface to really find what they're actually all about. Hey, Tom, that wraps up our first hour. That was a quick hour. Um, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Mike Johnson and Adarsh Meshru, I believe, will be joining us. Uh, you are listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, coming to you from the Dupree Financial Group studios on Main Street in Lexington. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is not a drill. COVID. The virus. The plague. It's spreading widely. Russia hat. Steel coronavirus. Coronavirus vaccine. That's crazy. This is madness. It's an OMG moment. Be ready. More coming. The madness hasn't stopped. Your world everywhere happens here. Uncertain world. Pay attention to what's happening. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401k and 403b plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options, and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 